pipes and in this life, but son, we don't see shade. She got my eye, might make my wife. I know she wanna be saved. We spend a time, you have a good night. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside the Dome. I am John Dodaro, and I am joined with Carlin Jacob today. And Carlin, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we've officially hit a big milestone today. We have hit our 50th episode of Inside the Dome. That's it insane. is crazy to think about. <laughs> That's literally insane. The fact that we started this back in June. May. I think it was May. May. Yeah, wow. we started back in yeah the May, fact so. that we started this back in May and we've gone this far is insane. Normally, like, we probably would have given up by now, but we didn't for some odd reason. I'm so glad we didn't because I think this is the most fun we've all had in a very, very long time with one another doing something that we all love. Yeah, I mean, we started this all the way back in Dan's basement. We sat around one phone and we just talked in. I, I still remember our first episode, how much of a train wreck that was. How much yeah. we talked. Oh, my God. Like, we would start, we would just be laughing, like, so much. We, I remember, it. we had, like, six different takes just for the intros. Like, we were introducing ourselves. It was brutal. Like, I can't even listen to it, our first episode. But just seeing, like, how much we've grown, too to the point we're at now like we have our own headsets our own setups now we're doing this virtual too we hit over 100 listeners as well got that big milestone like we we did so much with 50 episodes we had various amount of content we talked about nba we did mlb episodes nfl episodes we've on the traditional motivational Mondays, New Music Fridays, had some movie reviews in there too. Like we did, we did so much over these past three months or so. So, yeah, this really three months. It's been it's only been three months. It By the time three months, months hits again, we're gonna hit a hundred episodes. I know. I mean, it's crazy to think about. And you and should the thing be, is, you should be home around then too. Yeah, I should be. But the crazy thing is, too, is that we're just getting bigger and bigger. Like, we're yeah. just, we keep just finding ways to be better and to add more to the podcast, whether it's more platforms or just more types of content and stuff like that, too. Like, we've constantly been growing after each little phase of our podcast. So, and we, um, like you said, we're going to have a lot of upcoming stuff, too. Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of a lot of upcoming stuff. Some stuff we've said for a while. <laughs> Some stuff we haven't. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's so, insane. Yeah, so thank you all. So if you've been listening since day one or you joined a bit later, or if this is one of the first episodes you've listened to, thank you all very much for listening to us and spending time out of your day to listen to us. So we for me, Carlin, Jordan, and Dan as well, who have all been a part of this podcast, we thank you all very much. And shout out to Aiden, as always, for the intro. He's been doing our intro since, I'd say, about after the first 10 episodes or so. He's been 
he's had our intro, so he made that for us. So thanks to him as well yeah. for having the intro. So thank you all very much. But now to business. We are continuing the fantasy football mini series that we started. Yes, sir. Yes. So the previous episode, we talked about tips and strategies for the first two rounds of your fantasy football draft. And I know drafts are starting up soon, so that's why we're getting this content out. My first draft is on Sunday, so we're getting this out for you. So this episode is going to be focused essentially on rounds three and beyond, specifically what types of players you should draft and let's say round three, when you should start picking certain positions like quarterback or tight end. If you didn't pick Travis Kelsey in round one, what round should you start picking a tight end? How you should do your draft, when to start looking at defense, some players like that, some players that will be available. Carlin has his draft that he did pull it out from a 14-man league, so we'll yes, go through some sir. of his picks and where some of his picks were available at too. So we'll go all the way to the end of the draft, and then the final episode that we will release we will talk about sleepers and steals in the draft. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. And we'll also um, be talking about, what was I going to say? Crap. Oh, man. We're only talking about the specific quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, flex, and defense and kicker. We're not talking about offensive players or defensive players because you can add those in. Uh, yeah. John and I had a plot twist when we were doing my draft and we look at it. I look at him and I go, I have a defensive player pick. And he goes, what? And I was like, yeah, apparently I have a defensive player pick. And he goes, Oh, and I was like, who should I draft? And he's like, I don't know. And then I ended up drafting some dude. I didn't even want. And yeah, then we're not, the, the offensive player, that. apparently you can have another quarterback in it. So just only the standard, because that's all we know. So yeah, we're keeping this very traditional for a draft. And also, I don't know if I mentioned it last episode, but primarily this will be PPR too, because I think most leagues are PPR. That's kind of how I prefer them. Because if we did non-PPR, then some players wouldn't be as valuable. So points yeah. per reception, those leagues, that's what we will be talking about. So I think the simplest way to start this is a good around three. So we gave our strategies on round one and two. You did two wide receivers in the first two rounds. So who was your third round pick that you did? Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. And, and I can't remember why we picked him second. Well, I, I obviously needed a running back. And I had two solid wide receivers. And he was one of the best available. There was someone before him and he got drafted. I can't remember who it was. I don't actually... Do you write down? I remember your situation that you were in. So we'll also highlight some of these players. So real quick, I'll highlight Joe Mixon. He is the Bengals starting running back. And last season, actually, he had the best week for a fantasy player with 55 fantasy points yes, sir. in week nine against the Carolina Panthers. But the risk with Joe Mixon is the following week, he only had nine points. So he was very inconsistent. But then again, he is a decent round three running back to have, like what Carlin did. Like You don't have to reach on him in the first two rounds. If he could get him in round three or round four, I think he's good. But I believe 
it was either him or Josh Jacobs or Jonathan Taylor. I think it was. It was and. I'm very glad I did not do Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor yes. today is seeking a trade and hopefully yeah. he gets it. And if not, he'll probably hold out. Um, yeah. And also uh, Josh Jacob is very iffy situation. So I'm glad it's Joe Mixon. I'm really, really glad we went with that pick. Um, and yeah. also just so everyone knows I'm in a 14 man league. So it's not like, I don't know. Uh, it's not like Patrick Mahomes was already there in round three. Patrick Mahomes was gone with the third overall pick. If you didn't listen to the last episode. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, that's my situation. So that's why some of my picks are interesting, but Joe yeah. Mixon, I think it's a solid third round pick to be honest for a running back. Yeah. And like I said, while we go through this, I will do some highlights on players too, that we talk about. So, Josh Jacobs last season was the third best running back in fantasy. He was just very consistent. He did have some dud weeks near the end of the year, but he was just great. His best week was when he had 48 points against Seattle, where he had 33 carries for 229 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. So that was his big week. But like Carlin said, he's in a very iffy situation right now. I think he will play for the Raiders, so I would draft him relatively around the third round. You could reach in the second round if you want, but I'd say third round's ideal. Jonathan Taylor, two years ago, he was the, he I would have said pick him number one in fantasy. But now, last season, he had a lot of injuries, and like Carlin said too, they are willing to trade him at this point. So he might not even start for the Colts. So if you already did your draft already, and you drafted him, you are probably scared for your life right now. And I would, would, and I would be, if you're in the third round and you could pick him, I would look for better options right now because his situation is very unclear. I don't think this is dropping on a Friday. I don't think his situation is going to be cleared up anytime soon or within the weekend. It has to be cleared up by next Tuesday. Okay. So if you're drafting... This weekend, let's say, for example, I would avoid him. I would simply avoid him, be safe. I would take a Joe Mixon over him. And also, he didn't play much last year, right? He got hurt. Yeah, he was hurt last year. He had some okay weeks, but he wasn't anything splendid. Yeah, exactly. uh, Final tips for the third round. This, we mentioned in the last episode, Carlin's draft was messed up. People were taking quarterbacks around one. I would say start taking maybe the top quarterbacks around round three or four. If you want to go for a top quarterback, Jalen Hurts would be my number one. I just loved him in fantasy all around. He was great. I know Patrick Mahomes was the number one quarterback last season, but I just think his receivers got worse. So I don't know how well he's going to be as a fantasy quarterback. But if you're going to go QB, ideally, if you're in a good league, you should go round three or around four for one of the top quarterbacks. But then again, it's interesting too. We'll talk about this a bit. But there is a trend where if quarterbacks start going, people will panic. And then people, let's say, for example, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts go in round three. People will start to panic, and they will go for guys like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. So we will mention where we do draft a quarterback in our draft we did, or Carlin's draft, I should say. But don't panic in terms of quarterbacks. 
there are some good quarterbacks, and you can get better value, in my opinion, in rounds three and four. So that's the one tip I got for you. So yeah. moving on to round four of your draft, we won't do every round, but we'll do some of the top rounds. Who was your round four pick? Uh, was it Darren Waller? Yeah, it was Darren Waller. Darren Waller was my fourth overall pick. And honestly, after that, I had all the core positions I really needed. Um, because we'll get into who I drafted in cornerback. Um, but yeah, I yeah. got Darren Waller. Darren Waller is probably one of the best tight ends in the league behind Kelsey. Kittle's just always hurt. And Kittle's great for fantasy. I had him two years ago, and he was awesome. He was electric one Monday night game. I got like 40 points out of him. But hopefully Waller will be the number one target on the Giants this year just because it's the Giants, and he needs to be. So as long as he stays healthy, he will have a really good season, I would think. I would hope so. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, um, but definitely. yeah, Waller was my fourth overall pick, and I think I'm pretty pleased with it, to be honest. Yeah, so I'll do my little spiel of tight ends right now. So in the last episode, we mentioned Kelsey. He will go round one. If any other tight end goes in the first two rounds, they reached, in my opinion. Mark Andrews is not on the same level as he was before. You mentioned George Kittle. I'll do my highlight on him real quick. George Kittle was the third best tight end in fantasy last season. And he really came alive when Brock Purdy came in because George Kittle finally stayed healthy. In his final four weeks, he had 25 points, then 30 points, then 12, then 18, which is very good for a tight end. So, like you mentioned, he does have injury concerns. He hasn't had a fully healthy season in a while. He missed the first two weeks in 2022. So he might not be the most consistent. Mark Andrews, I'm going to pull him up real quick. Last year's draft, people would have had him in the first round with Kelsey or in the second round. But this year, he started off very good. He had 10, then 25, then 28, and he had a dud. But then he had 22 and 23 points. But after that, Mark Andrews fell off hard last year. He had 0.4 points, 6.3, 12, 11, 9. Three, six, seven, and nineteen. That is severely below average. So, do you think Mark, it's because Lamar didn't play, or do you think it's I, just because he wasn't that good? I'm going to give you a counter to the Lamar Jackson argument because you could say he struggled because Lamar Jackson wasn't the quarterback, but the season before Lamar Jackson was also out. For the last half of the season, Tyler Huntley was the quarterback, and Andrews was still dominating in the back half of that season. He was the tight end one last, the previous year in fantasy, not last year, two years ago. So this year it was a very similar circumstance, and Mark Andrews still, his stats still dipped. So I don't know if it's fully on regression from him, or maybe it was just the, I think it was more just of the offense. So I still do like Mark Andrews. He would be the second tight end I would pick more likely in round three or four. I would say, I'd say he'd be gone in round three, but George Kittle is up there too. Darren Waller, that was your pick. And I was recommending him to you for good reason, less because of last year, but because he was injured last year, but he is in a great spot with New York right now he is in a great spot he's the top target like you said for the new york giants daniel jones and him have good chemistry so as long as darren waller's healthy 
I think he could be a top three tight end in fantasy this upcoming season. So Darren Waller could be, I wouldn't call it like a steal, but I would say he should be up there as one of the top tight ends taken. So, and he could do very well this year if he stays healthy. Um, Other tight ends, top tight ends before we get lower. Dallas Goddard's up there too, I would say. He's always very steady. He's nothing too crazy, but then again, tight ends last year were kind of average. He was the 12th best tight end in fantasy last year. Hawkinson's up there too. Uh, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Man. Don't get Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts does not have a good quarterback with Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter has, yeah. is very, very unproven. Desmond Ritter only had one good run in his uh, college year, which apparently is the trend with Kenny and um, Trey Lance and stuff. But do not, do not get Kyle Pitts. And yeah. if Kyle Pitts does immaculate, I am so sorry. But I, it's just not worth it to draft Kyle Pitts. He only, he only has two touchdowns, right? And only yeah. one of them's... One of them's in America, the other's in London. Yeah. Yeah, the crazy thing with Kyle Pitts was last year, people went crazy for him. And he, it wasn't because of him, really. It was really just because of their offense. But he was such a major disappointment last year for fantasy. So in my opinion, I would not risk it this year. His situation hasn't gone that much better. In fact, they got Bijan Robinson, so they'll be more inclined to run the ball more. So I would avoid Kyle Pitts, but... Other tight ends in this area, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby, I don't really recommend. But in terms of starting tight ends that you could start, I would say, in these rounds, Evan Ingram, Goddard, Pat Fryermuth could be very good for you as a starter. Dolan Schultz, he was my guy last year that I won a fantasy championship with, but he's now with the Texans, so I'm not looking at him as strongly. So... Without going into sleepers, I'm going to end it there with other starting tight ends you can get besides Kelsey or Mark Andrews. So those are definitely some guys I recommend. Hawkinson, too. I'm not sure if I said him. David Njoku, he's a good tight end. I put him in my tight end episode a while back. I put him at number 10, but he's not that good fantasy-wise. But those are my recommendations for tight ends. This isn't tight end, but hot take. Very, very hot take. I don't think Bijan's going to be as good as people think. Don't get me wrong. Bijan is a good running back. I just don't think he's going to produce as well on Atlanta. He might get hurt this season, which I can honestly see it. But I don't know. It's just something about it. I don't think he's going to be as good. He might be, but I'm very terrified for what is going to happen with him in Atlanta. I'll say quick thoughts on Bijan. He is no Saquon Barkley. At least even coming out of college too. He is no Saquon Barkley. So He's they're treating him, they're treating him like the next Saquon Barkley, but he is not Saquon Barkley talent wise, in my opinion. But he's still very good. But I think we'll keep going. Who was after that pick? Who did you pick next in your draft? I would say. I'm pretty sure Keenan Allen. Or or is okay. it Gino? I, no, it wasn't Gina. Huh? It was Keena. It was Keenan Allen. Gina. Yeah, it was well, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen was my next pick. And Keenan Allen actually is a really solid pick. He had a really good fantasy here last year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I'll look him up while you talk. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert as his quarterback. Um, the only thing is, 
Uh, the Chargers are a very interesting team. They can play really good sometimes, and other times they can play absolute crap. Um, so it's very risky. But Keenan Allen, I think, is a very solid take and a very safe take. And to have Hill, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, Darren Waller, and Joe Mixon—that's not that's a bad a great, lineup. That's and a great also, first five rounds compared to some of my other buddies who drafted like Mahomes. They don't have as much talent behind like you know what i mean like mahomes has a lot of talent but he doesn't have a lot of talent on his death uh what was keenan allen's fantasy last year so actually i know a bit more about him because i had him in my 10-man league but he didn't he had 10 points the first week then he was out for like doing some mental math nine weeks after the first week so i saved him on my injury reserve throughout all those weeks I held on to him, and he was very consistent when he came back. His final week, he had 30 points, which was yeah. very good. So Did that's they why they played Denver, too. Oh, that's why. So, yeah. so that's why I recommend it to you take him with your flex, because I think he is a very good flex receiver that you could get in round five or so. Like, there are a lot of steel guys that you could get. I can't fully remember who was available then, but Keenan Allen... I would recommend as a flex player because we proved that he could be available that late. So if you like, if you stack up on wide receivers in your first two rounds, you, you get a good tight end, you get a good running back, then Keenan Allen's your flex. That's a good strategy for your first five rounds. So I really like that. Other wide receivers that I could think about during those rounds. One guy I love highlighting him because I had him last year, Chris Godwin for the Buccaneers. He'll probably be the better wide receiver between him and Mike Evans, but he'll both probably go around in this range around six or so. But Chris Godwin, I had him in my 16-man league. He was the definition of consistent. Every week, for the most part, he had at least 10 points or more. His best week, he had 29 points against Cleveland. So... He will be Baker Mayfield's best weapon, so I definitely recommend him in general. So that's one guy I recommend later. And then Devontae Smith's another guy. He's the backup to A.J. Brown. I recommend him too. Some other guys. One guy. I'm not sure where he was drafted. I'm talking receiver only right now. not sure where he was drafted in the draft you did, but DeAndre Hopkins is an interesting guy to talk about. So what do you think about DeAndre Hopkins? How do you think he'll be this season? He was drafted uh, on the later side of things. Um, Yeah, I mean, honestly, he if he still plays the way he's played his whole career, he has a really good shot uh, to be good in Tennessee. Tennessee is known a place where wide receivers go to die. But if Ryan Tannehill's thrown onto him, he won't do too, too bad. Um. But it's just going to depend. They're going up in a very, very hard division just because the Jags are going to roll it all over the top place. Um, and they didn't play that good at all last year. So we'll see what happens. But I expect to have decent things. I expect very consistent things from DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, so I can give some stats on him last season. He didn't play the first six weeks, but he played nine games after that. He had at least 10 points or more in every game that he played, and except one game, which I'll get to last. But his best week 
was week eight against Minnesota. He had 33 points. So he's proven. I'd say that after a 33-point week, his stats weren't that great. I mean, they were average. I'd say flex level. But his targets are still up there. His week 16, it's actually funny to look at it, against Tampa, he had one reception out of 10 targets. So that was a very funny week. But I think D-Hop, Tannehill's been able to make some good wide receivers, most notably A.J. Brown a couple years ago. A.J. Brown was good under Tannehill. So D-Hop is their top target. I think D-Hop will be relevant, and I think he should – I think he would be a very good flex to have, in my opinion. He's not a first two-round guy. I'd say he's in between rounds five to seven or so, based off of Tennessee and who they are. But he is their top receiver. So I would recommend them. So I'm going to ask you now. You kind of said it already. Who is the quarterback you ended up going with? I hope you're so right about this, Geno Smith. Yes. I went with Geno Smith. Geno Smith is a very solid quarterback for as late as I got him. I think I got him in like the fifth or sixth round. I got him really late. Everyone else had a solid quarterback. I really wanted Trevor Lawrence. I told John like a lot. I want Trevor Lawrence. I want Trevor Lawrence. And we kept waiting and Trevor Lawrence went. And we kind of had a feeling he was going to go. Um, yeah. But yeah, to get uh, Geno that late... It's pretty good. It's really, really good. I mean, all he needs to do is throw the ball here and there. And he has a solid wide receiver core with Lockett, Metcalf, and Smith and Jigba, who they just added. And honestly, they could push for another wild card spot this year. Having the Niners in their division, eh. But Geno Smith, I I didn't even have him in fantasy last year. I can't tell you how well he did. Well, I'm assuming he did not have decent just the way he played. Oh. He he wouldn't come back player of the year. I can't I'm tell you the last time someone did I'm that. That'll wow you a little bit with Gino. So, Gino was the fifth best quarterback in fantasy last season. I did not even know that going into really? recording this. I did not even know that. And he only had one week where he didn't have 10 points or more. His best week was, I'm looking, he had 31 points against Detroit. But other than that, you're not going to get a crazy amount out of Gino. But he's still a decent starter to have. And in my opinion, his situation got even better with getting Jackson Smith and the Jigba. So, I mean, if you get Geno late, I mean, if you want to, Carlin, who was the rest of your starting lineup? Like, who's your other running back you got, too? I got Miles Sanders. Miles yeah. Sanders, Keenan Allen, and then who's my kicker? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to kickers later. But you got Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon as your running backs. You got Tyree Kill, AJ Brown, and Keenan Allen as your receivers, and Darren Waller as your tight end. And then you got Geno Smith. Like you got all of that, all of those players, and then Geno after all of that. Like that proves that you can be patient when it comes to taking a quarterback. You can easily, if you don't want to go big with Hertz or Mahomes, you can wait and get a quarterback later. Like, you don't want to wait too long because guys, like Carlin said, guys like Trevor Lawrence and others were starting to go away later. But if you can get a guy like Geno Smith later, somebody on that level, that's not bad if you're able to stack up the rest of your team. In my opinion, that is a very good strategy to do. And I think Carlin did it very well because 
some later quarterbacks that we were looking at too, guys like Daniel Jones. Anthony Richardson is up very high. I don't know if I like that or not. Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers is a lower quarterback you could get. He has some potential. Jared Goff too. Um, Derek Carr as well. There's one other guy. I'm going to save him for the sleeper episode. But there are some decent depth quarterbacks that you can get as your starter if you stack up on the other positions, I would say. So that's definitely a strategy you should do. But moving on, and then actually before I move on, who's your backup again? Who did you get as your backup quarterback? Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I mean. But he's in my offensive position. Yeah, Tannehill's nothing special, but at the time too, you get Geno Smith and you're able to get Tannehill as your backup. That's not bad. I mean, it's nothing spectacular, but it's it's yeah. decent enough. The only concern is with Tannehill, if he stinks, how much longer until they put in a, a Will Levis. That's yeah. the only thing. Yeah, but in your situation, though, like if you got Gino, you'll probably start him every week, most likely. Unless there's a sleeper or something on waivers you want to go for, then you can get rid of Tannehill. But if you want to go that route for quarterback... I recommend going that route, definitely. So, other positions that we can mention. Defense is one that is one that we can talk about. Defenses will start to go, and then people will panic. I will say that. I will give my two recommendations for defense that are not going number one in drafts. Cowboys defense has been beautiful the past two years in fantasy. They, they did fizzle a bit near the end of last year, but I'll tell you what I did last year. But in their prime, they were getting like 22 points, 19 points. They got 19 points multiple times, but they did fizzle a bit near the end of the year. But if you can run two defenses and you can alternate them, that is great to have because the past two years, actually, in fantasy, I would run the Cowboys defense and Patriots defense. Now, the Patriots defense, let me pull them up real quick. They were the number one defense in fantasy last year. They were just very consistent, even against tough competition, too. They were very consistent. Their best week, they had 26 points against Indianapolis. So, just an example, I would run the Cowboys defense and Patriots defense, and whoever had the better matchup, I would start them. So, that's definitely a strategy you can go for. I know the Patriots defense might not be as appealing this year, but... They're not a bad start if you get them. But run that method, I would say. Have two defenses that you can alternate between if you're lucky. Cowboys and Patriots are a good alternating group to have. Some other top defenses. Bills will obviously be drafted. Niners will be drafted early. Uh, Steelers might be one to look at. Jets will be one people will look at too, but... If you don't get a top defense, if you miss out on the Cowboys and Patriots, just pick one whenever you can. You don't have to be the first one to take a defense either. Let somebody else take that role. Also, you forgot to mention Philly. Philly, Philly. has a really, Philly has a really yeah. good defense. We're not going to try to talk about sleepers, but Philly got a lot of good uh, Georgia players last year. Yeah, so Philly. Keep Philly in mind. I always got the Cowboys and Philly defense. I was I was trying to get you. To we get were so close. Tip. I ended up with the Bengals, but yeah, if you end up with a 
group like the Bengals, that's a group that you could easily drop if there's a better team on waivers because if ideally ideally you want to have that one defense that you can keep the whole year and then the other defense if they're not that good you can flip them out with waivers like if there's a really good waiver team defense out there switch them and start them because working the waiver wire with defenses can be key if you don't have a great second defense so even if your starting defense sucks use the waiver wire pick up the best defense available because the key with defenses is less of the players and all that. It's more of matchup and who's got the best matchup each week. Like if the Patriots defense are going against the Eagles week one, for example, that is actually the week one matchup. I would not want to start the Patriots defense. I would try to look for a better defense. So if your other defense on your team isn't that good either, look at waivers and try to pick up a better defense. So those are my defensive recommendations. And don't oh. be the first one. My defense. other recommendation is, yeah, we obviously don't know what we're fully talking about all the time. However, if you think, oh, I'm going to ignore these guys and just go get Mahomes first overall, don't. Here's why. Because, yeah, having a player like Mahomes, yeah, you're going to keep him. But think about it. You can get all these other half-decent players, and then if someone wants to trade for a better position or like better stock value, you can trade two of those other players that you necessarily don't need for someone else. It's better to get more than just like a good quarterback and like a good running back. And then you have like no wide receivers because there's years in the past where I did that and I had no wide receivers. I literally had third stringers in as wide receiver and it stunk the whole year. (laughs) So be very hesitant of drafting a quarterback first overall. Like don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And have running backs have two decent running backs too within the mid rounds. Like Carlin got Miles Sanders and Jim Mixon. That's very good. But you don't want to be in a position where you're kind of screwed. Like you only have one good running back. And then after that, you have a bunch of backups. Like you don't want to be in that situation either. So I recommend that too. Like go running back and wide receiver early. Stack up before you go quarterback. That's my yeah, position. Exactly. And having a good quarterback, yeah, will helpful be helpful, but also you just need a consistent guy. I I'm not gonna say take Jimmy G, but like Jimmy G as a backup might not be a bad idea. Might not be. It's just same consistency. Thing, same thing with Brock Purdy. I really would have loved to took Brock Purdy. The issue with Brock Purdy though is that yeah, he's already named the starter, but how long is that gonna last? Well, with Trey Lance gone, it might last longer. So, well, Trey Lance is the backup, right? The third string. The third string. Do you but think he's going to want out? Yes, I agree. And I will have my thoughts on that in a future episode. So, but exactly. Uh, but literally, if you can get a quarterback that can at least get ten points a week, ten points or more, but you've stacked up on other positions, you're solid, in my opinion. Quarterback doesn't have to carry your team, in my opinion. It shouldn't have to. It's nice if it does, like I had Jalen Hurts the other year, but it doesn't have to. Don't reach for a quarterback. But the final thing I'll talk about is the very end of a draft, who you should be getting. People like to reach for kickers. People want to get Justin Tucker right away as quickly as possible. Don't. Don't be that person who reaches for Justin Tucker. Normally, there will be the top kicker every year. There'll be a kicker that that does very well. Justin Tucker last year was the number three 
kicker in fantasy. He wasn't even number one. Can't fully confirm who was number one. I'm going to briefly look. I'll confirm that later in the episode who that is. But literally, you could get Matt Gay as your kicker, and you'll be fine. I mean, ideally, you want to strike gold and get the best kicker in fantasy. That can sometimes be an advantage if they can get 10-plus points or more. Kickers only suck when they only get one point or zero points. You want to try to avoid that, and you look less at the kicker, and you look more at the team, because you want to pick a kicker that's on a team that will be kicking more field goals. So that's why Youngway Koo was like the best kicker for multiple years. Youngway Koo is a great option, and I told Carlin to draft him as well. So literally, if you get a kicker like that, you're fine. Look at the team and look at who will be kicking field goals more. Teams like the Falcons, potentially. You don't want touchdowns. You you don't want teams that get touchdowns. You want teams that kick field goals. The Steelers might be another great example of a team that will be kicking field goals. So that too. And then in your last picks, if you're in a deep league, you'll be wanting to look for running back handcuffs as well because it's going to be hard to stack up on running back depth. So look for the, let's say, for example, Carlin got Joe Mixon. You want to look for his backup, the backup running back for the Bengals. You want to try to find that person and have him. So let's say Joe Mixon gets injured. You have his backup. Or another example, let's say Christian McCaffrey goes out with an injury. You want to have Elijah Mitchell on your team, because he'll be the starter if McCaffrey goes down. You want to have your starting running back, and his handcuff as well. You want to make sure you have both. Other examples, like Alvin Kamara, he's not starting for three weeks. Have Jamal Williams on your team. Have him as a handcuff after that. If you draft Kamara, which I think Kamara's got decent value this year, pick him in the first, I'd say rounds four four to seven or so. Pick Alvin Kamara, but have a handcuff to a starting running back, preferably your starting running back. And you can draft them later in the draft. They'll go later. So, And I would say ideally pick kicker last. So those are my final recommendations. Any final recommendations from you? Uh, yeah, don't worry too much about a kicker, but look into a kicker who's not going to always uh, never kick, you know, like after a PAT you want uh field goal i was gonna say field range i had no idea what a field range is if you would love to tell me in the uh or instagram please go tell me there but yeah look there and don't worry too much about it and don't worry too much about quarterback i mean obviously if you're in the third round and mahomes is still there i would take mahomes because you already took two picks by then but if he's gone don't don't freak out there's a lot of solid options kenny he might be a solid option he could be a sleeper and yeah, we'll speaking, save them for that. speaking of sleepers, we got one more episode after this, John, and that will be the mm-hmm. sleeper episode of we all will. our sleeper picks. Um, and especially rookies, we'll also talk about rookies and oh, yeah. what they're going to do and how they're going to perform because obviously we have no idea. So yeah, I got a one more point because while you we were talking, I finally figured out who the number one kicker and fantasy Wait, was can last I guess? year. Yeah, take a guess. guess. Who was it? Was it ASC or NFC? NFC. Uh, I'm going to go Will Lutz. Incorrect. It was Brett Maher of the Dallas Cowboys. 
And you remember him. He sucked in the playoffs. But he was the number one kicker in fantasy. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, in fantasy, he his best week, he had 23 points. So that's the thing, too. Fantasy kickers, it's never the same best kicker every year. It's never the same guy. It's always somebody new every year that's number one. And if you can strike gold with that kicker, great. Because you can have a if you get a kicker that can get twenty three points, that's beautiful for your team. Strike gold with that. Search the waiver wire. You might find that kicker in the waiver wire. He might not even be drafted. Might be in the waiver wire. So that's my final thoughts. But like Carlin said, our next episode, which should be releasing Sunday, I believe will be about sleepers and steals in your fantasy football draft. So anybody who might be flying under the radar, any rookies that might be flying under the radar, Carlin drafted two, I believe. So we'll get into them. But we will break down as many as we can in Sunday's episode. So hopefully you don't have your draft before Sunday. So if you are listening to this and you... Your draft, let's say it's on Saturday. Push it back till after you listen to our episode. Try yeah, to com- convince yes. your whole whole league to push it back. You have to listen to our podcast and tell your yeah, friends tell about them, our podcast. Tell them to push after. back. Tell your yeah. friends after. Tell your friends to push back your draft to at least after Sunday or Sunday exact. You can listen to it beforehand because we will have our final thoughts on a fantasy football draft dropping Sunday. Maybe Saturday. Actually, I don't know if it'll be on Saturday. It's going to be Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Sunday. So make sure you don't draft before Sunday because we will have our final thoughts and opinions before then. So do not draft before Sunday. I can't express that enough. So thank you all for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for that upcoming episode. Make sure to follow us on our social medias, our Instagram twitter slash x tiktok i mentioned in the previous episode we will be uploading tiktoks and reels within this week or so within the next week so stay tuned for all of that you can find all of the links in all of our podcast platforms in the link in bio if you're listening on apple podcasts or overcast if you can't click the link in bio go to our podcast website and click the link in bio there you can access everything there other than that it has been 50 fun episodes, 50 episodes. Thank you all very much for listening to us with Carlin Jacob. I'm John Dodaro. Have a great day, everyone, and see you next time on Inside the Dome. <laughs>